It's Wednesday, March 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hale, joining me in studio today from MFAM Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've got some surprising news from General Mills. We've got a hot IPO coming up. We've got to start with FedEx, though. We've got to start with the bellwether, because FedEx reported after the market closed yesterday, third quarter profit and revenue came in lower than expected. They lowered guidance for the full year. And by the way, that is the second time they've done that for 2019. And not surprisingly, shares of FedEx down 4 or 5% this morning. Yeah, following on um, many other declines uh, over the last uh, half year or so, down about 30% from its highs. Uh, as the story goes, the global market is showing signs of slowing, and uh, FedEx very much is in the crosshairs of that. Uh, and additionally, the stock has been hurt by sort of increased rumors that uh, and and actions that Amazon is getting into the the logistics and delivery space. So there's not a lot of positive sentiment to start with, and the numbers today and the numbers predicted for tomorrow, there's nothing nothing going the right way at the moment. So. Nothing big is going their way at the moment, but Fred Smith, the CEO, talked about how some of the investments that they've been making are starting to pay off a little bit, particularly in Europe. They're also transparent about the fact that they're going to continue to make investments, and I think that makes sense. I I look at this stock, and I don't own shares of FedEx, but I look at this business, which over the long term has been a great business to be a shareholder of. And I look at the stock that, as you said, it's down 30% from its high, which is about what it's done over the past year, basically down about 25-30%. I look at this, and I, the question to me is, okay, is, is the worst of this over? If the investments that they've been making are starting to pay off, is this actually a good time to buy shares of FedEx? Because this, you know, if this, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, it's down today because the valuation is sky high and it's had this amazing run. No, it's had an amazing run over the long term, but over the last year, it's it's been knocked around. It has been knocked around. The price is interesting at about ten to eleven times next year's projected earnings, and so let's focus on that important word, projected. Where where is uh, the future for this business? Is it something that you can assume is going to keep growing uh, better than the pace of the global economy, uh, or not? And in terms of its acquisitions, and one of the things that is pointed to uh, in the guidance, the outlook for next year, is the company is predicting fifteen to sixteen dollars a share in earnings, um, as long as you don't look at a long list of stuff. Um, so that's adjusted earnings, and including included is the integration expenses of TNT Express, which is a Dutch-based um, you know, logistics and delivery company, which uh, FedEx acquired a couple of years ago, and for which it's still paying integration costs. So when Smith says these things are beginning to pay off, it depends, of course, on how you're measuring it. As long as you ignore the integration costs as a one-time thing, then yes, the revenues are higher, but it is left to uh, those doing a little bit more work whether that was actually a great acquisition. So did he give so 
they buy TNT. It was over a year ago. They're still paying the integration cost. Did Fred Smith talk at all about how much longer he expects that to go on? I mean, great CEO, great track record. So I'm willing to give Fred Smith the benefit of the doubt. And he's right that technically it's a one time cost. But if it's a one time cost that they have to pay off for the next five years, then yeah, that swings the pendulum towards this was a bad acquisition. Yeah, I don't know that they're they're just the guidance for fiscal year 2019 is that 15 to 16 dollar a share range, excluding a bunch of things, including TNT Express, and on a more gap basis, but still excluding some things, it's more in the 12 to 13 dollars a share range. So you'd want to get all those costs out of the way. In fiscal nineteen, and and sort of say ah, as a one-time thing, rather than have this be ongoing. I mean, whenever you take the costs, they're real. That's that's the point that uh, companies want you to ignore. Is if you just pay attention to the adjusted earnings that we're going to present to you, you will see by squinting your eyes and tilting your head and looking <laughs> at it in that way how good it is, rather than with your eyes wide open. So to go back to the Question that I asked earlier is the worst of it. Is the worst of it over? Hearing what you just said, my conclusion is no. The worst of it is not over because FedEx would not be the first company to have a situation where they're dealing with costs and they're trying to get them out of the way, or essentially trying to contain them within a single fiscal year. And so. Yeah, they're probably going to look to in the next three months get as many of these TNT acquisition or and integration costs taken care of. Is the worst over? I guess one question that I would start with is, well, tell me what's going to happen with Brexit. Because as long as you can answer that, then I can help get you to a better understanding of whether the worst is over. And given that neither one of us really knows what's going to happen next with Brexit, which puts us in the large group of people which is defined by everybody, uh, that's it's it's got so you don't become a global player and uh, get all the benefits of acting on a global scale without suffering some of the consequences when parts of the world are underperforming. And in terms of what Fed Federal Express FedEx is is putting out right now, it's pointing more toward Europe and and Asia uh, as part of that. Um, so, yeah, Europe has slowed down. There are a lot of people. A lot of companies are pointing uh, that out today. UBS is another one uh, making that um, claim. And um, you know, the last quarter, you had uh, some bigger weather events than usual. There are always some in the winter, but I think this last quarter was particularly bad. And you had the government shutdown. Um, you've got the doubts about Brexit. Uh, it's it's. All um, you know, a bit of a challenge at the moment. So I don't know that it's going to have a quarter as challenging as the last one. That said, the U.S. economy was still growing pretty well over the last quarter. Let's move on to General Mills, and it was on this day in 1964 that General Mills introduced Lucky Charms cereal. So maybe appropriate that they're reporting today. Uh, shares of General Mills up about four percent this morning after third quarter profits came in higher than expected. They also raised guidance for the full fiscal year. And look, I mentioned the cereal. Chances are, many people listening, and by many I mean you know the dozens who are listening, have something that General Mills 
sells in their kitchen cabinets right now. When you think of all of the brands that they have across, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, Haagen Dazs, Progresso Soup, Yo Play Yogurt, Pillsbury, Better Betty Crocker, um, of course, the big acquisition they had of. Blue Buffalo pet food, so a, a lot of brands that people are familiar with, and you know, for a stock that's um, speaking of stocks that have been knocked around, the the recent past has been pretty good for General Mills. So, in reference to the brands, I went to their page to remind myself because there are so many of them. Uh, what there what there is in General Mills, and I gotta say, they start off with one of the most modest claims that I've ever seen. Uh, for their brands, uh, which at the top of the page, uh, this is their claim. We know when we're at our best, people love our products. Uh, most Many would just go with people love our products. Right. It's like, what about when you're not at your best? Well, then people don't love them. <laughs> that, I, you know, that makes me you like. You ever get a particularly weak box of Lucky Charms or something? Like, ah. Not at their best on this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, that actually makes me like General Mills more. And we're we're going to talk about how companies message themselves in a moment. We're, we'll get into this a little bit more with uh, with uh, uh, the impending IPO. Did but, you have an actual question that I didn't answer there? Uh, when you look at this business and consider the industry that they're in, because 2018 packaged foods. If it wasn't at the top of the list of the industries that you did not want to be invested in, it was certainly in the top three. And as we talked about with FedEx, is the worst over. I'm wondering if General Mills is operating on such a level that it's like, actually, yeah, this this is a pretty good stock to own for the near term because whatever the stock has done in the past, this has always been a stable business. It, you know, There are various points of time where you'd want to own shares, certainly stretches of time where it's like, no, nah, this, is, this is not something I'm interested in. And I'm wondering if... the I don't want to apply what's happening with General Mills to the entire packaged foods industries, but are they operating at a higher level than the competition they're dealing with? What they are doing mostly is going with the playbook uh, that a number of others are to varying you know speeds, and that is to all right. You've got your highly processed carbohydrate uh, type of um, you know cereals being one, uh, and and many other. Uh, products that they've got, snacks and and uh, pizza. Annie's. And, they also have the Annie's organic yeah. brand. So they they have moved in their acquisitions toward the organic, the healthier stuff, and pets. And that's where the the growing part of the packaged food business is. And in the case of Blue Buffalo, sort of both the combination of both organic and pets. And so Blue Buffalo is a, a higher. Quality of pet food, um, and and I don't know, it's got natural ingredients or something like that. I don't know. My dog doesn't seem to notice the difference. He's he's, he's, he's incredible. Actually, it's a little little. Uh, the toughest part of the day is feeding him in the morning because uh, he is very excited about any food there is, whether it's organic or not. It doesn't need to be Blue Buffalo. It can be Lucky Charms. He's <laughs> pretty excited about that too. I digress. Uh, and so you've got this very low, in terms of growth, um, you've got a, a, a low ceiling and a high floor because people don't change their food um, 
consumption patterns that quickly and across generations. You know, you've got you're buying cereals that your mom bought for you. I'm sure. Uh, not Lucky Charms, per se. Not Lucky Charms. You weren't allowed to have Lucky Charms. You were not allowed to have sugary cereals, is, is what I remember. Yeah, it was rare. It was a rare commodity in my house. Like uh, Christmas? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so they're, they're taking all of the, the stable cash flows from those sorts of things, and rather than uh, building in and, and doubling down on what they're best known for, if Cereals is what they're best known for. The it's going more toward the organic, natural, and and pet stuff, which is uh, the growing part of the packaged uh, goods market. Cheerios is on that list, so I definitely had Cheerios in the house. Um, you pointed uh, out Wheaties. We, I mean, come on, that's that's it's the stuff champions are made out of. Uh, that and little chocolate donuts. <laughs> um, you pointed out something this morning that. Um, a new partnership that Blue Buffalo has entered into, and it's with something called Doc Dogs. And I'm just going to read from the uh, from the announcement on the Blue Buffalo website. Blue Buffalo, America's leading natural pet food company, has become the official sponsor of Doc Dogs, the premier competitive dock jumping performance sport for dogs of any shape, size, or breed. Yes. It's safe to say that neither one of us. I did. I had never heard of this sport. Had you ever heard of this sport? Well, I've thrown a tennis ball off the dock for my dog to run and jump after. But I haven't. But I'm not a professional. You're I'm not. really more of an amateur. Are you I, thinking about my going, dog and I? Are you thinking about taking your dog pro? Because this this apparently. And by the way, I, I know we're you know a ways out from the summer. But to anyone at ESPN who's thinking about like, oh yeah, we're going to do the Ocho again. We're going to take ESPN two, and for 24 hours on August 8th, we're going to program obscure sports. Not only should the sport that you excel in, court tennis, be on that list, but I, yeah, let's get some competitive dock jumping going on with the dogs. Yeah, I don't excel in any sports at the moment. Well, yeah, you're you're on the rehab. I'm on the rehab. <laughs> Uh, could I have gone pro? Uh, my my parents' dog Max could have gone pro easily, easily. He would have dominated that that competition, on a, not just national, but I think global scale. He was incredible. Um, we're gonna put this. We're gonna put the dozens of listeners on the honor system here. Drop us an email, marketfoolery at fool com, or tweet at us at marketfoolery. If before listening to this episode, you've ever heard of. Competitive duck jumping. Did you ever watch the great outdoor games? Speaking of the Ocho, this was not on the Ocho. This was a uh, you know ESPN two, maybe even on ESPN. The great outdoor games. I the name is vaguely familiar, but I couldn't tell you what one of the sports was. Uh, so it was like some lumberjack competitions, that sort of thing. Uh, but but also, uh, yeah, uh, dog jumping, docks, you know, for length. Yeah, I mean the, the that was part of the great outdoor games. Oh yeah, yeah. That sounds like in the NFL when college athletes have the combine to test. Okay, how tall are they? How much do they weigh? What's their speed? That sort of thing. That sounds like a combine for dogs. Uh, I guess yeah. I mean, well, the dock game seems seems to have more competitions, including um, aerial height jumping and and stuff like that and also i think uh, agility course stuff and and competitive dog versus dog which which i think is the most exciting feature that they've brought in which i think is which dog can get to 
the thing that is being retrieved faster than the other one. It's certainly more interesting to watch than the than than racing against the clock or the Westminster Dog Show. I was going to say. Um, let's move on uh, since we've you more than make a lot of enemies taking shots at the Westminster Dog Show. Oh, I think the average person would rather watch competitive duck jumping than the Westminster Dog Show. I could be wrong. We'll find out ask, on August eighth when the Ocho happens. Ask Christopher Guest. That's true. Best in show. Strong movie. Very strong movie. Uh, Levi's is going public. Uh, the well-known jeans brand, which was public once upon a time and taken private in 1985. Levi's is pricing the stock at a range of $14 a share to $16 a share. In doing so, assuming they hit the midpoint of that range, they're going to raise just north of half a billion dollars. Is this Speaking of challenged industries, we'll go ahead and put apparel in uh, on that list as well. This is a well-known brand. This is, I think, uh, a company that has some brand equity and has some things going for it. But it is in a tough space. And all things being equal, I'm wondering if Levi's is an IPO that you're interested in, or you're just going to put on the back burner and see how the first couple quarters go. Definitely on the back burner. I, I, so when uh, Levi Strauss, founder, one of the founders of the company, uh, died, uh, I think his estate was worth, uh, and this is in the early 1900s, um, around $3.5 billion by today's measurement. Inflation adjusted. Did very well for himself, left the money to his nephews. He didn't have children of his own. And, uh, so the company now worth about five some billion. So I'd like to see a lot more of the math, but I don't feel that the compounding, you know, keeping up and more than beating inflation. Look, his estate is is not the same thing as as the company, and the company has done different things over the years and. People have taken money out and spent it, and and the the family is in part one of the reasons they're bringing the company public. Is I think that the controlling interest is still the descendants of Levi Strauss, uh, and they will in part cash out through this uh, IPO, but will also retain uh, majority ownership. So, you know, you've still got the family controlling the brand, and uh, it's some people like that sort of founder. Uh, run. It's not really the founder run at this point, but um, you know, I'd I'd want to see the actual numbers here. So, in looking through the prospectus, um, here's one of the things that I'm just going to go ahead and call a red flag, um, and it is uh, the company stating in their prospectus that their brand, uh, and I'm quoting here, epitomizes classic, authentic American style and effortless cool. And that phrase, effortless cool, shows up four times in the prospectus. And I'm just going to gently suggest to the people doing communications at Levi's that if you're putting that much effort into telling people that you have effortless cool, you don't, actually. So, just put aside that as a selling point and focus on the business. That's kind of the... the, They also have dockers. Yes. And that's sort of... (laughs) That was sort of what Dockers was always going after, wasn't it? That sort of, I don't know if cool would be the first word that would come to mind, but the old Dockers commercials, sure. which inspired one of the better Saturday Night Live commercials, which is something we sometimes come back to uh, the bad idea jeans. 
Yes. Remember that one? Yes. That classic. Classic commercial. An all-time great commercial from Saturday Night Live. And inspired by the Dockers commercials of that era, which just involved sort of sort of this waste down, you know, a portrayal of I don't know what the guys in this commercial in those commercials just were sitting doing. around, sitting talking. around, being effortless. Yes, and if we got the full view of them, perhaps we would say, "Oh, those guys seem pretty cool." That was what the ads were going after. <laughs> Good luck to Levi's. I guess we'll just end on that. Actually, we're going to end on this note, which is that your alma mater. Yale University playing tomorrow, playing on Thursday in the NCAA basketball tournament. They're playing LSU. They are a seven-point underdog. How you liking your chances? I will point out that that LSU, while they are favored, uh, they are without their head coach, who's been uh, well. Let's just say he's he's taking a little time away from the team. Yeah. Uh, well, as as is. Uh... One of the Yale coaches in a different sport, so I'm I'm glad that uh, <laughs> Yale is getting into the news today on uh, better headlines than uh, last week. You like your chances? Uh, I'll take I'll take Yale with the points. Absolutely. Why right. not? I get the seven points. Yes, absolutely. Well, if you're in Vegas, but uh, you know the, the, they're not going to start the game <laughs> with the score seven nothing. The team doesn't get the seven points, but if you're betting, you get the seven points. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You can read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues by going to mfamfunds.com. Sign up for declarations. It's the free monthly newsletter. It's free, people. It's free, and it only comes once a month, so it's not going to bug you. So, check it out. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.